Welcome to this week's Anglers Channel Insider Podcast, brought to you by Ranger Boats. Still building legends one at a time. Now here's your host, Chris Brown. Welcome back, folks. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast brought to you by Ranger Boats, powered by Mercury Marine. Shock to life by Rely on Lithium Batteries, tailor-made lithium, giving you the most power to help you make the most of your time on the water. Find out more, RelyOnBattery.com. Don't forget about the code Angler's Channel to save yourself 10% off. And get free shipping. And Kenneth's got his finger up. Something tells me he has a rely on story. I know this is pretty common for me now. But I mean, and you know that I'm in love with my rely on batteries. It's, it's a broken record. But I was rooming with somebody this past week who had lithium batteries, but they were not rely on mm. lithium batteries. And he had battery issues during the week. Really? Guess who did not have battery issues during the week? You. That would be me. <laughs> so, I say all that to say, you know, we, we've, we've heard various stories about lithium batteries in the past. We have? The case, the case really is, if you, if you buy the right lithium batteries, they will be the best batteries you've ever used. Rely on has been tested and proven they are the right batteries. They are. Recording in progress. They are. And and so that paired with your dual pro, dual power charger. Yes. Made all the difference in the world, didn't it? Yes. And I can practice and fish multiple days if I want to. And, and all that system tells me how my batteries are at all times. Right. So I always know, I always know where I stand with my batteries. Well, that's good to know, folks. There you go. Rely on testimonials right here every week. Thanks to our own AC insider, Mr. Kenneth Grover. He, I tell you what, nobody puts him through uh, a harsher test than uh, than Kenneth. So, bud, we appreciate that. I am Chris Brown, along with Director of All Things Anglers Channel, Mr. David Jong. And, of course, you just heard from the Anglers Channel insider there, Mr. Kenneth Grover. It is Wednesday, May 26th. And uh, I know you were surprised by this, but today's the last day of the Bass Pro Tour on the Harris Chain. You know how I know that? Because I actually watched some of it. Why, you ask? Just to keep the haters away. So I did a little Instagram story the other day, David. you see that? Sure did. At least, well, you did a story with, what, seven minutes left in the third period, which I don't know how many minutes before that you were watching, hey, but at least you had it on for a little hey. bit though. It doesn't Progress. matter. I watched it. <laughs> and I watched yesterday's knockout round. I watched part of it. I watched like the last hour and 20 minutes. I, I say watch. Watch is a loose term. It was on. As you can see behind me, there's one machine. That's my main machine. This is my, my podcast machine. It was over here on this machine. It was running. I had it up. Volume was on one, not 10. Because you know who's behind the desk, dumb, dumb, and dumber. So, but I had got, I have gotten a few comments and a few uh, DMs, a few folks in my DMs there, saying they were proud of me, saying what the hell's wrong with you. I, I got a little bit of that, 
So I'm not going to jump on that right quick. I mean, I need to because I'm trying to figure out. I'm watching this today, right, or yesterday, and I'm trying, and it's like you know, Spencer Sheffield catches a 110, and it's legal, right? It weighs, and then so and so catches a 17, it doesn't weigh, and I'm like, so I, th- I think I texted you. I'm like, so what? What's the minimum? Well, I thought it was two pounds, but apparently it's a sliding, a sliding scale, isn't it? It's whatever the the guy who can't catch them wants it to be. Is that is that what it is? I can't speak for sure on who determines the weight exactly, but we've seen it because even at the same tournaments, I know that well they've increased it for Championship Day. But um, yeah, I can't explain why it's been well this well for this one it was one and a half a pound eight ounces was the. Uh, minimum weight for a keeper, so I it's, don't know the it's exact. The Harris, it's the Harris chain, can it? Do, do you have to have a one eight limit on the Harris chain? Uh, apparently so. I mean, both height and Bobby Lane caught over a hundred pounds in two days. So I mean, if we were going to Smith Lake, I'd see a pound eight. You know, if we were going to Neely Henry, maybe a one eight. But Harris chain, really a one eight? I mean, can we not just go to two? If you're the best in the world, you can't catch a damn two-pounder. I mean, come on. What's the deal? But one other thing I noticed, and I'm again, I watched it. I saw it. I have paid attention to it. So, Joel Pager, I love you. I'm watching. I saw it. Okay? I'll have it on today as well to see who wins this thing. But what got me was watching the score tracker and flipping through it, right? Just for a second or two, the number of guys that used to be relevant, at least in my eyes, relevant in the sport of bass fishing that I have heard or seen absolutely zip from in the last year to two years. I'm not going to name names, but y'all can just imagine some of the guys that were players on other circuits and now they're just middle of the road over on the BPT. Are y'all seeing that? Agree with that statement or no? Well, we've been saying it for a while. There, that move has not been good for some of those guys. You're right. It hasn't. It hasn't. And it's just, it was really surprising to me because like I, a couple of guys popped up on the screen um, yesterday when I was watching, I'm like, oh, crap. I'm, I'm not being rude. I just forgot dude fished. I mean, just being honest. Um, because it's just not a name that, that I have had, just hadn't seen hiding her hair of the, these guys in quite a while. So maybe I need to pay a little more attention to it. Maybe I'll spend a little more time watching it. But, yeah, a little bit surprised uh, at that and um, and what all what all that entailed. Um, we do have a uh, pretty cool show for you guys tonight. Coming up here in just a few minutes, your Gunnersville champ, Mr. Caleb Kufal, will be joining us. Excited for that. And then in this week's Countdown to the Classic, brought to you by Under Armour, I sat down with Chris Johnston on Monday as he was driving home. I asked him if he had time on Tuesday night to, to, to sit down and talk to us, and he said, not until after 8 p.m. And so I didn't question that. I just said, okay, no problem. How about on Monday? I said, how about today? And he said, absolutely. Call me anytime. So I called him right before he crossed the border back into Canada. 
and uh, and talked to him for a little bit. And then it hit me why he couldn't talk until 8 p.m. on Tuesday night. Because he was rushing home from Gunnersville, 16 hours from Gunnersville, back to the house because his four-year-old little son wanted to go fishing. And they were going to go bluegill fishing. And so I imagine 8 p.m. on Tuesday night, probably his, his little boy's um, bedtime. And that's probably when he would have some free time. So, Chris Johnson, good on you, buddy. Uh, had a great conversation with him prior to him crossing the border. You'll hear that here in just a few minutes uh, in our countdown to the classic brought to you by Under Armour. Speaking of Under Armour, hot weekend. Kenneth, I know you spent three days in your ISO chill. And I, 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 I told David about your little... It was more than three days, Chris. Well, I know, but three tournament days. But, I mean, I I, I, I brought David in the loop on your little ISO chill joke, you know, last Saturday at Weiss Lake, <laughs> which was very cute. I appreciate that. But uh, how was how was Chickamauga? Uh, yeah, how was Chickamauga? And, David, did you get to break out any of your ISO chill stuff this weekend? Seven days in a row is what I wore. And I, I'll tell you what, it worked really well. Well, you're you're pretty damn picky on your stuff, and I get it. I am too. So I figured if anybody have an opinion about it, it'd be you. So give us give us what you like, what you don't like, and what you got to have know, more I, of. I've stated before that I actually I can't stand sunscreen. Right. So for the last several years, I've been trying to find clothing that I could wear that would keep me comfortable without having to wear sunscreen. And as much time as we all spend out in the sun, we need to stay covered up as much as possible sure because we know and i'm not i'm no spring chicken anymore <laughs> i've spent a lot of time out outdoors so my skin needs all the break it can get so um obviously i've had an opportunity now to wear several different pieces of the iso chill from under armor and so far everything that i've worn has been great uh from the pants to the shorts i did wear the shorts with sunscreen Oh, okay. I did do that. Okay. On my legs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then. So that was and, that, that was that bright ball of light I saw coming from the East that one day was. The it, yes, it probably was. Legs. <laughs> it probably was. But it all, it all worked good. It was the hottest day I was there. It, it, the shorts are awesome. The pants are awesome. The shirts, I've got two different style shirts. One shirt has the hood and the buff kind of built in. The other one's just a hood, but I, but I had a buff as well. So the combination of the buff with the hood worked great. There's very few buffs that I've worn that I really like. Most of them really, they leave kind of a ring around your neck where they don't cover. Right. Their buff is long enough and it's not super tight. So it fit really well. Left no openings around my neck. Um, and it, you know, the guy told us that it actually has a cooling effect, right. and he's right. It does. Uh, there were actually some mornings that I was cold uh, because I was wearing it. Yeah, you can't, we warm- you, you can't wear it when it's cool because you'll freeze. <laughs> That's just the way it's going to be. <laughs> but once it finally warmed up and got in the 70s, and certainly as it got into the mid and high 80s, uh, it was very comfortable. Very cool. Very, very cool. pleased with it. Well, good. All right, that's what I want to know. Now, did you like the uh, the the hooded shirt with the with the hood and the buff built in, or did you prefer the one with just the hood? I, I like them both. Um, one the only really the only difference is the shirt that has the buff built in. The buff is not 
as long as just the, the buff by itself. Right. So with the buff by itself, I can actually wrap it over the top of my, my hat and my hat won't blow off running down the leg. Okay. All right. The, sh- the shirt that has it built in, I can wrap it, but it doesn't quite go all the way to the top of the hat. Mm-hmm. So I have to be a little careful of how fast I'm running when I'm wearing that shirt. Well, we know you're worried about wind knots in your hair. Um, you know, I, I know that's a big no, deal for you. So it's it's not my hair I'm worried about. I just don't want to lose my hat. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you, David. How about you? Would you like this weekend? Would you wear? Yes. Yeah, so I, uh, and I've been wearing what UPF type clothing. So I, I I prefer the the sun shirts with like the hood on them, just because I want maximum sight protection and everything like that. And um, so yeah, so like the what was it this past weekend? It got I guess I don't know if it's Compared to how it's been all year so far, all spring, it's been a seasonally hot. It got up to, I think, um, later in the day, it got up to like the upper, mid to upper 80s. Okay. And so it was pretty warm. Um, uh, I didn't, uh, what was it? I didn't have the cooling effect just yet, but I, for sure I, I wasn't sweating or anything like that. So I know that it was working. Um, again, uh, oh, it, it looked good. I also, like again, I wore the um, cargo pants. So, you know, uh, again, try to try going with the whole pants thing instead of the, the shorts, just to kind of, I don't know, I got two tone legs, I guess you could say. So I got a pretty pale thighs if you want to think about that. But, <laughs> so yeah, I'm going with the, um, with the pants and, you know, they actually, uh, I mean, they were black, but they uh, didn't feel any warmer. And uh, yeah. And I also tried the shoes, the Kilch's shoes, I think that's yeah. what they are called. But um Surprisingly, you know, I, I again, I'm, I'm maybe a dork for wearing socks with them, but they were a lot more comfortable than I thought they were going to be. Just standing all day, fishing all day. So, yeah, uh, they're all in all so far pretty good. They're What's more that? of a they're more of a boat shoe that I found, um, and yeah. and they they look good and they feel good. Um, I wore socks with mine as well the first time I wore them, and they were uh, they 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 felt really good. So we'll yeah. uh, we'll see. So very cool. Yes, sir. Speaking of the shoes, I, 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 you know me, I typically wear socks and tennis shoes. Yeah. I, I actually started wearing these shoes without socks. Mm. And, and surprising to me, they were very comfortable yeah. and cool. Yeah, they are cool. Because I, I'm not a flip-flop guy. I don't want something sticking between my toes. <laughs> so it was almost it was almost like I was my foot was in the open, but it wasn't. I got you. I got you. Well, good. Well, good. Well, that's uh, that's good to know. If y'all are wondering what we're talking about, it's very simple. Go to uafish.com and learn more about the Under Armour ISO Chill. It's getting hot here in Alabama. It's fixed to get a little bit hotter up there where uh, David is as well. And I know we're getting ready to go to, 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 to Texas for the Bassmaster Classic. And I asked Chris Johnson about that. I said, dude, what are you taking from Under Armour um, that's going to help you in that Texas heat? And he says, well, you know, we had a nine-degree day when I was on Gunnersville last week, so I think I'm ready for it. And I said, Chris, Texas heat in June is a whole nother realm of hell is what that is. You know, I said, that's what, that's what happens. I said, everything's bigger in Texas. It's also hotter in Texas. So he, uh, he's going to give you guys a few little tips as well for what to bring when you go to the classic uh, in in Fort Worth here in a couple of weeks. So on that note, let's take a quick little break. When we come back, we'll welcome in your Gunnersville champ, Mr. Caleb Kufal. Find out how he did a massive domination 
over the entire field on uh, on our home lake, my home lake um, here in Alabama, and uh, find out how he did it right here on the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. As bass fishermen, we love having gear that lets us spend more time on the water. But what happens when your battery dies and you can't make it back to the ramp? Well, eliminate your fear with Rely On Lithium Batteries. These batteries are essential when starting and running your boat. They offer shorter charge times and more usable capacity without any late-day voltage sag. They're also incredibly lightweight compared to lead-acid batteries and are practically maintenance-free. Rely On Batteries lets you focus on your next big catch so you can make it back to the ramp in time for weigh-in. Learn more at relyonbattery.com slash anglerschannel and use our special promo code anglerschannel for 10% off. That's relyonbattery.com slash anglerschannel for 10% off using the code anglerschannel at checkout. What are you waiting for? Get hooked on Rely On Lithium today. Sportsman's Warehouse is your one-stop, convenient place to shop. Whether you're into camping, hunting, or fishing, our expert associates can help you find the gear you need. We carry a huge assortment of quality equipment from the best manufacturers in the country and around the world. We have guns, ammo, rods, and lures, not to mention every kind of outdoor clothing for the whole family. You can shop in one of our fully stocked stores or visit us online at sportsmanswarehouse.com. Visit Sportsman's Warehouse. Shop one of over 60 locations. I feel like IsoChill definitely allows me to stay on the water longer. When you talk about 14 hour days of practice on the water, that's a long time. And most people are gonna come up with an excuse to get off. And I don't feel like I get that same fatigue and a lot of that benefit comes from what I'm wearing. Sun protection, breathability, comfort, IsoChill, honestly, it just helps me be more competitive and stay on the water longer. Welcome back, folks. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, and are brought to you by our friends at Pro Charging Systems. The future of marine charging systems is here. Find out more at dualpro.com or just call Kenneth. He, I mean, he's dialed into this dual pro, dual power, and rely on battery deal. So uh, just give him a call or shoot him an email. He'll uh, he'll fix you right up. Excited to welcome in the first ever Wisconsinite. To win an Elite Series trophy, Mr. Caleb Kufal. Did I get that right, Caleb? You got it right. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. So I know you said you're still working your way home, but let's just talk about last week as a whole. I mean, when you put the boat in the water Monday morning for practice, did you have any idea that you'd lead this thing wire to wire and win it by over 16 pounds? No, no, of course not. I had no idea. Um, I got a fair amount of history on, on Gunnersville, but, um, it's kind of a mixed history. You know, I've had some really good events there, but I've had some really bad ones too. So, um, the lakes changed a lot over the years, uh, you know, with the influx of eelgrass and stuff. So didn't know really what to, you know, expect out of the week, but, uh, it, it turned out great. Very cool. Very cool. Well, let's break this down a little bit. Second year pro out of Wisconsin, first day, 27-10, had a 6-7 lead. Day two, uh, 15-10, the lead shrunk just a hair, but then you said, you know, hold my beer, and 23-9 on day three, and you, you know, walked into day four with just over an 11-pound lead. 
and did 19-1 on, on the final day for 85-14. And um, did you think that Gunnersville could pump out that kind of weight this time of year? No, not not at the time that that we went uh, with the late spring that we had. You know, it was kind of holding those fish off a little bit from from going out deep. But um, you know, I thought you know winning weights would be more in the like the the mid to high seventies probably. Okay. So you know, to have that kind of weight is uh, you know that's pretty good. That's <laughs> really good. So leading it wire to wire, not only leading it wire to wire with this caliber of anger that you have on the elite series, but leading it wire to wire on Gunnersville, that's, that's a whole nother deal because she's a, she's kind of a finicky girl. She can be, you know, really nice one day and, and really mean the next day. So like most bodies of water, I'm sure. But I mean, that's, that's an accomplishment in itself right there. Just leading this thing four days in a row. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, like I said, I got kind of missed history on Gunnersville. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's good. You know, I, I didn't have all that many areas to really fish. So, you know, I was kind of hunkered down in, in two main areas and, and luckily, you know, they, they bit all four days for me. So, you know, if I didn't catch them in one, I'd, I'd catch them in the other. So, you know, it really worked out that way. Now, when you finished, you finished 19th at the classic, in, uh, last year in March, um, did you fish this area of the lake down near Scottsboro when you fished during the classic? You know, I did actually, uh, my, my starting spot, uh, during the classic was actually up there on that. I think they call it just the, the miracle mile or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, down from the, the bridge there. But I started up there, but I started way down, um, south of the bridge a lot, a lot further, you know, probably I would say maybe, I don't know, maybe a mile or so from the bridge. Okay. Um, where this last time around, I was pretty much, you know, right up by the bridge. So. Okay, so you were you were close to BB Comer, and then you were also back in the back of Goose Pond, weren't you? Yes, yeah, that's where I that's where I did my damage. Okay, yeah, I I, I did see that on live one day, and then um, but I I didn't get to watch all of it to see where all you where all you were. So didn't burn a lot of gas. It sounds like sound like you were you know concentrated on two main areas. How do you how do you take that I mean, and Gunnersville is my home lake. So, but how do you take that much grass and and that much cover, and really dissect it down to you know the area that you did uh, to win this tournament? Yeah, it, it's very hard. Uh, you know, with all the eelgrass that's out there right now, it's pretty much just everywhere. You know, whether you're in in the back of a pocket or out on the main. Um, you know, if you're in like eight foot or less, you know, you're pretty much looking at eelgrass. So I don't know. My, my strategy was more to try and find like the, the milfoil and hydrilla, um, you know, that, that's still in that lake. So, you know, my first spot was pretty much strictly milfoil. I was about a, a six foot, just, you know, flat bay pretty much that had a little, little point on a little secondary point. Um, you know, I was just flipping that really thick, thick milfoil, but there was really no other, uh, weeds mixed in. There was no hydrilla there. There was a little bit of eelgrass, but, um, you know, that, that milfoil really, you know, that was kind of the deal. So. Okay. All right. I'm sure these guys will get into baits guys. What's, uh, what question do you have? Go ahead, David. Well, yeah, yeah. So, Caleb, you're from my neck of the woods, southeast Wisconsin. And so 
what is it? I know when people hear Wisconsin, they tend to think of, you know, the upper Mississippi River or Sturgeon Bay. But, you know, watching you fish on Gunnersville, it reminded me of what you, you taught one of my buddies, Mario. I don't know if you, uh, if you remember my buddy Mario, but, um, you know, which is absolutely. Yeah, which was punching grass. So, um, but, you know, looking at how you approach Gunnersville, um, it, it reminded me how you may have approached some of our local lakes up here. Did that help you in keeping you calm, even especially on day two when your weight stepped a bit? Did it help you in keeping calm and, and sticking with that pattern? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I <clears throat> what I did down there was pretty much something that I do, you know, up north and in, in Wisconsin there, you know, quite a bit. You know, that's kind of where I learned how to, you know, pick apart milfoil and, you know, stay on the best areas, you know, know where the fish kind of congregate and school up and, and, you know, how to catch them. So, you know, that was a, a big deal. I, you know, I wasn't a, any kind of a stranger to that kind of fishing. So. Okay. All right. Kenneth, what you got? Caleb, walk us through your process of, of how you kind of narrow down your bait selection when you're fishing this type of, of cover. Actually, it's pretty easy. You know, you're looking for something that you can flip, um, you know, for that, that heavy uh, matted stuff that I was uh, fishing up near the bridge. Um, you know, it's a, it's really thick stuff. You know, I had to use an ounce to get through it, and I actually probably should have used a little bit more. But, um, you know, you need something slender, something that'll get through that stuff. You know, you can't use like a jig. You know, you probably could, but it'd have to be, you know, extremely heavy. But, um, you know, you need something that can get through that stuff. And, uh, you know, my favorite, you know, I love those Zoom Z hogs, those things, you know, really, really caught them in Wisconsin here for me. Uh, I just like the profile, you know, it's a little bit thicker bait. It's not as thin as like a, a standard beaver style bait would be. Um, so it's, you know, it's a little bit easier to rig up and put a hook through and they don't get wrecked up as easy. And, and obviously the bass just love those things. So, um, you know, it's just, you know, something I, that I've, always kind of used you know it's a it's a confidence bait for me now tell us a little bit about colors i know the the matted stuff um you know probably had was a little bit darker because of the mat but the millfoil you were fishing wasn't really matted so that was pretty clear water mm -hmm. how did you go about determining colors that you chose yeah i was just trying to pretty much mimic a, a bluegill um that was that was pretty much the deal. I, I saw more bluegills in those two areas, you know, running around than than pretty much any anything else. Uh, I did see a lot of gizzard shad uh, in my my secondary area up by the bridge there, but um, you know that that California 420 color that I was using, uh, it's just got a great bluegill imitation. Uh, it's got a it's a a little bit darker, like like almost like a watermelon green pumpkin sort of look um but it's got red fleck in it and it's got uh if you look at some of those they have like a lot of bubbles in the plastic and it almost adds like a white kind of hue to it you know which which kind of adds to the bait but um yeah it's just a great Im uh, bluegill imitation you know green pumpkin is always a, a great uh you know bluegill imitator too so you know that was the deal now I know I know during the tournament and watching some of the, I didn't watch a lot but some of the live that I watched some guys were actually catching fish off bed uh, and then some were catching them off brim beds. The fishes you were catching could you tell if they were post spawn pre spawn in the middle of spawning or could you really tell a difference? 
Yeah. I mean, all those fish were, were postponed that I was catching. Um, you know, a lot of them had, you know, bloody tails and stuff. Some of them, it looked like it had, they had spawned quite a while back actually. And they were starting to, you know, to feed up again. But, um, you know, I think the, the presence of, uh, brim beds in, in those areas really helped too. you know, that, that was a, a major player, you know, in this tournament, not only for me, but for a lot of other guys was, was fishing brim beds. So a lot of those fish were keyed into those bluegills. At, at what point in practice did you roll through these areas and you realized, Hey, this, this has a potential of, of producing during the tournament. Obviously you've already said that it's a pattern that you're very comfortable doing. I'm sure that kind of, that kind of helped you as well, realizing that you could catch fish doing something that you're comfortable with. But at what point during practice did the light bulb really go off or that you felt that that was the right decision? Yeah, really at no point during practice, I, I had a pretty rough practice. Uh, I only caught, you know, I think the most I caught during any one day of practice was like probably eight keepers. Um, but rolling through those particular areas that I ended up catching them in, it was just a matter of, um, just kind of, I only had a few bites, you know, I only had a few bites in those areas, but they were, they were kind of better bites, you know, three plus pounders generally. So, um, but I only got a few of them, you know, I didn't really know how much was there in practice. So, you know, that's kind of a deal with practice. So you never really want to exploit what you have, you know, you kind of want to just kind of test the waters and really see what's there during the tournament then. So, you know, I had no idea that I had that kind of fish on those areas when I, you know, first found them. So. My last question is, I know that you had other anglers in both of those areas fishing around you, maybe not directly in the spot that you were, but they were around you. What do you think you were doing different than some of those guys that helped you blow this thing out like you did? Um, I think just location had a lot to do with it, especially in my milfoil location, uh, the, the, the spot that I started on every day. Um, my boat numbers played a big role in that. You know, for some reason, I was really late on the first day, and evidently, you know, nobody thought that would be a, a good starting spot so somehow i got on it first thing and found a little you know the little sweet spot in that milfoil and was able to you know to milk it but um the other anglers that i had in there i, I had Corey johnson in there on the first day and then on the second day i had him and i had matt heron there as well um but like on the second day a lot of those guys went there first but I was boat number two, you know, being 97 on the first day, it flips. So I was boat number two on the second day. So I knew I was going to get in there first. Um, and I was able to kind of claim my spot there. So, you know, I, it was only a really, really tiny little area that, that those bigger fish uh, were relating to. So, you know, I kind of had them that way. You know, if, if it would have been the other way around and the boat numbers would have been flipped, I think that it would have been a much different story. Sure. Well, I, I said that was going to be my last question, but <laughs> you, you just brought up another idea to me in that explanation. And, and I know lots of times fishing these large flats of grass, a lot of fishermen get confused of where these fish should be and they get, they'll fish a little bit of it, get disappointed and leave. And you, you talk about how they were in a very small area. It, is there anything that you use to help you? I mean, was it a contour line on your mapping or is there anything that you use to kind of dial you into the one little specific area? Well, it was a secondary point uh, leading into that 
that bay. So it was kind of, you know, if you're just looking at the contour of the bay itself, you know, you can kind of see where they probably should set up. But, you know, you really don't know until you fish it, you know, and, and that's pretty much the way you have to, you know, find fish in milfoil. You just got to fish it. You know, you really can't see, you know, those fish. You can't find them on your graph or anything. So, um, you know, you just got to keep flipping, keep flipping and, you know, wait till you got a bite, you know, power pull down, flip around, see if there's another one there. Uh, generally, when you get a bite in milfoil, you're going to get multiples. Um, so that just happened to be, a you know, a magic spot that I, that I found they, every fish, it seemed every large fish seemed to be right there. So. Caleb, did you have any lulls in the day? I mean, I know you caught them pretty early because when I turned live on, on day one, you already had 20 plus pounds. Uh, was there, I mean, was there a time during the day that was just dead for you? No, not really. I, I, started on that spot every morning on my milfoil spot. And once that kind of died, um, then I would leave, you know, and it would generally, it would generally die probably around eight, eight thirty, I'd say. Okay. And then I'd move up to my bridge location and that really started to heat up every day around 10 o'clock. So, you know, I, I really didn't have much downtime, you know, when I, when they quit biting in one, I go to the other and, you know, start catching them there. And, up there, they'd bite pretty much all day. Um, it was just, you know, it would slow down towards the end of the day when it was getting pounded. You know, I had fished pretty much all of it, but, um, you know, it was, I don't know, it was just one of those, one of those deals. You know, I, I pretty much had a plan to catch them all day long, so... I, I would love to have been a fly on the wall, Kenneth, to see the look on Matt Heron's face when he pulled in there and saw Caleb in there on day two. Because I know, you know, back at Goose Pond, that's one of Heron's places back through there. So I would have loved to have seen the look on his face when he saw you sitting in there. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he, he's done well in there before, I think. Um, and he loves flipping milfoil like that. But um, I did not see him in there on the first day. So I'm... I'm not sure how good he thought that spot was, um, you know, because obviously it wasn't good enough for him to to start on. Sure. Uh, on that first day, he might have moved in there later in the day after I left, you know, and caught some, you know, and that kind of is why he was there on the second day. But you know, like I said, I never saw him there on the first day. Sure. Sure. He, he's tried to rely on that spot before, and it hadn't panned out for for every day. So that may have been his hesitation use it this time yeah yeah for sure right yeah for sure so <clears throat> currently right now i mean looking at your season i mean you've had you know a couple couple of events that uh, i'm sure you wish you had back but a 16th at st john's you had a 12th at the sabine 41st at neely henry obviously your win at Gunnersville. i mean got you sitting in you know 33rd in points right now so looking good going into champlain and st lawrence river how do you feel about those two coming up yeah, I mean, going back up north, uh, I'm really looking forward to Champlain. I had a blast there last year. Um, I've been there quite a few times before, and uh, it's just a fish factory. You know, you, you know you're going to catch them when you go up there, so that's going to be fun. Um, Waddington, a little bit worried. You know, I've only been there once. Well, not really even once because we were kind of shifted down, down river um, right. last year. But I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Uh, I made the cut there last year, so, you know, Hopefully we can 
do something there again this year. So I would I would um, imagine but, I would imagine two cuts put you in pretty good for the classic coming up for next year. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, yeah, I would hope so. If I if I make the cut in the next two, I should be able to sneak in there. So, so hopefully we'll do better than that, but we'll see. Well good. Well back in twenty nineteen you won the Smith Lake Open to qualify for the classic in Gunnersville. So that's a that's a pretty diverse set of wins right there from Smith Lake here in Alabama, you know, to about an hour and a half away to Gunnersville. I mean, that's two totally different bodies of water there for sure. Yeah, that that was a real surprise to me that Smith Lake win. Um, you know, I I'm kind of a shallow water guy, I like flipping around and you know staying shallow, and and that's what actually what I did on Smith Lake. Uh, you know, it was kind of in the spring of the year, April or something like that, when they were you know up up spawning and just shallow. Um, but yeah, Smith Lake, you think of you know it's kind of kind of deep, rocky, a lot of spots, you know, and 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 that. But yeah, I just got on kind of the right deal, I guess, that week. So. Well, you got a little time off now between uh, between now and, and Champlain. Are you going to come down to the Classic for the Expo and work at all, or are you just going to take some time off and enjoy being at home for a little bit? I would like to come down. It's not set in stone yet, um, but I would sure like to come down and uh, you know and be in Texas for that. So it's going to be quite the show. That's what I hear. Yeah, it should be. That's for sure. So, guys, anything else for Mister Kufall? What you got, uh, just congratulations on a great win. Yeah. It was an awesome job. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I really appreciate it. David? Caleb, I just want to get your opinion or just your assessment of the last, what's, it's almost, what, what, we have two more events left, so we're almost three quarters of the way done. So what, um, what pretty much almost the last almost two years have been on the um, Elite Series, any lessons learned? Um, yeah. Uh, fishing the Elite Series, yeah, yeah it has it showed me a lot of holes in my game. I can tell you that, you know, fishing against these guys, uh, you really, you walk a really fine line when you fish against these guys, you know, I mean, one fish either way can, can really, you know, swing an event for you. And, you know, it, it's kind of shown me a lot of, uh, you know, weaknesses that I might have fishing around the country at all these, these diverse fisheries, uh, so I, I've been working on that. I've been working hard and, you know, hopefully we can, fill some of the the gaps that we have and just get to be a, a better angler and get to be, hopefully be a little bit more, you know, competitive and consistent, you know, in my finishes. So, you know, working hard, working hard. Does, does that blue trophy sitting in your pasture seat, you know, buckled in, does that solidify anything for you? Absolutely. I mean, it gives, it gives you a ton of confidence, you know, that you can, can compete with these guys, you know, um, all these guys, you know, that you look up to for, for so many years, you know, you got Hackney and, and Christy and guys like John Cruz and, you know, it's just unbelievable to fish against those guys and, you know, to, to win a, a blue trophy is, uh, just, a unbelievable experience. You know, it just gives you a lot of confidence going forward. So, you know, I wouldn't say that that you won. You dominated that deal. I mean, going wire to wire is one thing, but going wire to wire with that big of a gap between you and second place, that's got to feel good as well. Because you didn't come from behind and win it by an ounce. I mean, you just said, you know what? I'm just going to, you know, get get hot right away, and then y'all got to catch me the rest of the weekend. That's, that's just something in itself right there. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you do what you can do. You know, I was very, very fortunate to have the, the areas that I had. So, you know, luckily everything, you know, played out and, and just everything went my way. You know, I really didn't lose any fish. I lost uh, two like back to back on the last morning um, for like five minutes. I and mean, that was it. You know, I lost like a three pounder and then another one that I, I didn't see, but it didn't feel that big. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, fishing all those mats and stuff, I fished really clean. Um, you know, it was just a, a great week. How are your nerves? Final question. How are your nerves going into the final morning? I mean, were you pretty calm? I was, I was, I really didn't have any ner- nerves going into that last day. Uh, just kind of just hoping that I, I hoping that everything would work out, you know, hoping that, that those fish would bite again. And, you know, I kind of knew that they would. Um, so I, I kind of, you know, just, I don't know, just kind of went with it. You know, I really didn't have any, any strong nerves that last day. Just kind of, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it, if it don't, it don't, you know, just give it the best shot do your job, you know, land some fish and, and go with it. There you go. Well, I guess having an 11 pound lead, Kenneth, that would, That'll make you be a little more comfortable in your seat. <laughs> it off. certainly helps. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yep. I kind of, when I caught that first, when I had a small limit and I caught that first big one, you know, I think it ended up to be like a 414. Um, you know, that's kind of when I knew that I, you know, I I had had enough. You know, I, I got enough to, to hopefully pull this thing off. So, you know, they make a mean cheeseburger there at the, uh, at the Goose Pond Tackle Store, did you ever think about going back and just getting a burger and just hanging out and waiting? I didn't even know they sold, sold food there, to be honest with you. <laughs> they may not now. They used to. So I'm sure they, I'm sure they still do, don't they, Kenneth? They probably they do. do. I don't know. They, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was in there for ice, ice and stuff, but. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, we'll have to give that a try next time we go down there. There you go. David? I was got, I know they make cheeseburgers only because Kenneth took me there. <laughs> I was gonna say you've had one there, hadn't you? That's for sure. So, well, good deal. Well, Caleb, be safe traveling home, bud. Hopefully, we get to see you at the classic in a couple of weeks. Uh, would love to shake your hand and put a face to a name, uh, at least on our end. And uh, dude, be safe. Look forward to seeing you uh, down the road here when you guys kick, kick back up in July. So, yeah, sounds good. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely, but thanks so much and congratulations on the win. That's awesome. Yep, thank you very much. All right, see you, man. Thanks. Well, guys, there he is, Caleb Kufal, your Gunnersville champ. KG, you want that eleven-pound league going in the final day? Would you take that? I'll take. I'll take as much as I can get. I hear you. I hear you. You and me both. So, David's already had that lead going into the afternoon. So I, I I know he knows what that feels like on Gunnersville. So he's uh, he's had to, may not have been eleven pounds, but he, he he knows what that lead feels like, don't you, David? Yeah, but you know I I didn't have a check attached to it either. I, I would love to have seen a hundred thousand dollar check with it, but I don't mean you know it's Gunnersville. You know I I'm surprised at you know how well he caught him in terms of consistency too. So besides that slight stumble on day two, but it's not really a stumble, but just a drop. But yeah, well everybody dropped. All the weights dropped on day two. It seemed like so a lot of guys flip flops like like we've seen all season long. So, uh, but proud of Caleb. That's awesome. And I tell you what, I will give him this. I sent him a text at like I don't know probably four forty five Sunday evening. And by five o'clock, he was Johnny on the spot, you know, getting back to me saying, yep, I'll be glad to be on the show. So 
Caleb, thanks for responding as fast as you did, and thanks for being a part of the show. A quick little break when we come back. We'll welcome in Chris Johnston, your Ranger Under Armour Pro, and our countdown of the classic brought to you by Under Armour and UAFish.com. And uh, you guys hang tight. A little more right here on the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. With so many exclusive designs and processes, no other boat is built like Ranger. It's a dramatic difference that consistently raises the bar of excellence while delivering more features, more performance, and the best value. The Ranger Fisherman Series. From bow to stern, this is results-based engineering at its best. Still building legends, one at a time. Mercury, there are no limits to the lengths we'll go to make sure you have no limits either. Unlimited adrenaline. Unlimited fun. Unlimited weekend. Except maybe having to go home eventually. Introducing the all-new V8 Mercury Pro XS. Light, quick, efficient. Mercury, go boldly. Welcome in, folks, to this week's Countdown to the Classic, brought to you by Under Armour Fish. Find out all about the uh, new clothing and get you some new clothing at uafish.com. Excited to welcome in an Under Armour Pro, actually, our buddy Chris Johnston, who is currently left Gunnersville and driving all the way back to Canada, huh? Uh, yeah, it's 16 hours, so I'm just uh, in traffic right now in Detroit. Go home and... Uh I got two little boys at home that are begging me to come home and go fishing. So I'm going to spend some time with the family and then next Wednesday driving to Texas to get ready for the classic. Well, before we get to the classic, let's talk a little bit about uh, this 2021 season because, I mean, you are currently – do you know where you are in points? I got to ask that because a lot of guys don't want to know. But do you know where you are in points? I'm – I think fourth. I, yeah, I know I'm – I was kind of bouncing around this last week uh, after Gunnersville, but I'm in the top five. I know that. But, yeah, yeah. So um, you're. It doesn't bother me looking at the points. Okay. All right. So you're fourth in points right now, 61 points back of uh, of Seth, and uh, I mean, dude, that's that's a pretty good jump because you were what 13th in 2019, 33rd in 2020. Uh, obviously qualified for your second classic coming up on Ray Roberts, but. Let's talk a little bit about this year, because when I pulled your stats up, I mean, you got to be feeling good. I mean, 30 checks out of 31 tournaments that you fished, I mean, that doesn't hurt the bank account at all, does it? No, no, it's, that's, that's the name of the game is trying to be consistent for sure. But I, I still look back at this year, I'm kind of disappointed. I think uh, in Knoxville, I finished literally 49th or 50th, and I was 35th going into the final or the third day and uh, just basically had a brain fart on the, on the third day and not like too bad and looking back there's so many things they could do different instead of gambling and trying to get a big big me, just get my five bass and I would have had an extra 20 to 38 white points sure so sure at the end of the year those that those add up yeah well, I, still, I still got the same amount of money but the points Points are what what matter in this deal, in this deal, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. There's a couple of things I, I would have done different to just try and get more points instead of kind of swinging for the fence. But 
Sure. Absolutely. Well, 34th at St. John's, then 50th at Tennessee River. Then you bounce back with a 24th at Pickwick, a 4th at Sabine, a 9th at Fork. Neely kind of dropped you a little bit at 36th, but then bounced back with another 9th on Gunnersville. And so, guys just sitting 4th in points right now, but you've got Champlain and St. Lawrence River coming up. St. Lawrence, which you've won at in, you know, here in the last, well, what, six, eight months. I don't I forget when you guys faced that tournament last year, but so, you know, you've got some history there. How do you feel about going into this? Although I know, you know, you've got Seth and, and Brandon and a few others in front of you that are just, you know, big time awesome up there, but how do you feel about making a charge for this AOI with these last two events? I'm, I'm honestly not getting too excited about it. Um, I'm, I'm excited to go fishing up north, but Seth's got his destiny in his own hands, really. He's, he's fished flawlessly all year. And if he gets two top 30s, then there's nothing I can do. Sure. So I'm going to go to Champlain, and I have some history there. I've never won one there. I've come pretty close in um, the Costa Series and the Tour. Uh, but uh, I want to win one there, and I'm just going to go out and do my best to try and get a win. I'll probably uh, – there's a couple of different ways I've fished Champlain before. And uh, you can kind of gamble and go for the win or you can play it safe and try and get 17, 18 pounds largemouth. But, um, and then that'll get you a good check. But I'll probably gamble and just, just kind of go for the win on Champlain and see what happens. Sure, sure. So for a guy from, we'll say, up north, I live on Gunnersville or down around Gunnersville. So – for you know, for us southern guys, you know, we always say we can't wait to go up north to fish because we want to fish for smallmouth. Do you guys up north say, "Man, I can't wait to go south so I can fish for largemouth," or are you are you pretty much just excited about both? I'm just as excited about both. And to be honest, like when it's cold up north, and I've been up there since like October, sick of the cold weather, I can't wait to go south to go down to Florida. Or something, catch some largemouth. Get sure. the nice weather. Get out the heavy rods, heavy line, and go go flip reeds or something. Largemouth. <laughs> that's one of my favorite ways to fish. But uh, after fishing like Neely, Henry, Gunnersville, Sabine, we've had some tough tournaments. I'm ready to go up north, and not just necessarily smallmouth. I'm ready to go catch a bunch of fish. And I like to call them kind of dumb fish. They're like virgins up there. I got you. <laughs> I got you. So when you go fun fishing with your son, what do you guys fish for? Uh, well, I had a FaceTime with him there about two hours ago, and he told me he wants to go catch big bluegills. So hey, that's where we'll be heading. I'm going to be home about 5.30, so we might actually go out for two hours tonight and get him out of the boat. He's been waiting patiently for a couple of weeks. Sure. Sure. Well, let's talk about a little bit before we get into the classic a little more. I mean, you know, obviously last year was a big challenge in 2020 with COVID and you guys trying to cross the border and get down uh, and all of that. How, how relief is it? Is it easier this year now with things kind of easing up a little bit restriction wise? Obviously it is if you're going back and forth, but how did that play a toll on you last year with all the pandemic stuff and the delay in between the, in between the tournaments and, everything trying to go back and forth. I'd, I'd love to make an excuse for having a bad fantasy classic last year, but I don't have one. Sure. Um, I just, uh, I just didn't fish well at it. And, uh, the crossing the border hasn't been an issue at all. So 
Uh, shouldn't be a problem for me getting to, to Fort Worth, Texas. And then I just got to do my job, figure it out. I know absolutely nothing about the lake. So uh, just start from scratch. Well, I was going to ask, how much research have you done on Ray Roberts so far? Um, maybe an hour's worth. Okay. If, uh, I had to guess, but I'm not someone that does a ton of research on lakes. I like to show up and just kind of figure it out. How much of what I need to do. Sure. But, uh, oh, I'll do some research on probably watch some YouTube videos, guys fishing there in June or something and get some ideas, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sample it all deep, shallow, everywhere in between. Uh, okay. Because kids are to win the surf, you're going to have something different than everyone else. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the old cliche is you can't win it on the first day, but you can certainly dig a big enough hole to certainly to not to, to have to, you know, to lose it and to not, not be able to make a comeback on the first day. So you want to start out strong there. And it's, you know, obviously by your finishes this year, you've done that. When you fished Gunnersville last year for the Classic, it was like the second event of the season, so to speak. So you had one Elite Series event and then the Classic. This year, you've pretty much gotten, you know, six or seven events out of the way. So equipment's dialed in, everything's dialed in, ready to roll. Got the, got the rust off. Yeah, exactly. So how does a summertime classic set up for you um, based off of, I mean, looking at this string of events or these these finishes you've had? I mean, dude, you're riding a pretty good streak right now. No, it's, it's been good, and fishing definitely uh, is a momentum game. When things are going right, it's, it's just you, you can't seem to do anything wrong. Um, so, but I'm just I'm just gonna go fishing, do what I've been doing the last few events. And I probably prefer the classic to have been in Fort Worth in March. Um, I think the fish would have been on the bank a whole lot more, and uh, I think it's gonna get congested there deep, and everyone's got the good side imaging. And everyone can kind of find them now. So, but I'll just I'll do my thing and try and find some of that. Do some different things. So it's important, really important, to find something different in in a couple of weeks, isn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Now you and your brother just came off a big win up on Sturgeon Bay, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it's been a busy uh, like three and a half weeks. We fished Neely Henry. And then uh, we drove through the night to Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, uh, practiced there a couple of days, fished the term, and then drove straight back to Gunnersville. <laughs> I don't want to know how many miles you've put on your truck this this year. I'm scared to ask. I don't even, yeah, you don't even want to know. <laughs> <laughs> plus, I can't convert it because my truck's in kilometers. Oh, that's right. You're in kilometers. I got you. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. So... Fifty-three oh four for the win up there over two days. I mean, talk about fishing with your brother one versus competing with him on tour. How is that? It's honestly fun and it's kind of relieving a bit um, because you don't have to do it all yourself. And I can give him crap and say it's about time maybe put a fish in the boat or something. <laughs> and it's, it's nice that when your partner puts a five or six pounder in or something. And it's uh, it's just a little more relaxing, I think. Sure. And uh, it's a good camaraderie. Give each other a hard time and still have fun. Now, do you guys work together on tour at all? Do you share any information? 
Yeah, similar to what a lot of other guys do. Like, if I was on Gunnersville and I was catching them on a jig and milfoil, I'd tell them and I'd tell them where I am and probably don't come fish here, but if you can find it elsewhere, see if it's working there. Sure. That sort of thing. Okay. All right. All right. So, little, little brother, love. do you ever tell him something that's not going on, like kind of give him false information, you know, kind of pick on him a little bit? No, no, I don't, I don't do that. And that's, that's one of the hard things about sharing information with people is the worst thing is I would rather have no information than bad information Sure. to lead you down the wrong path. So Sure. Well, this being your third year on the elites, I know you spent a lot of time on the FLW tour back when it was the FLW tour. Uh, you guys both did. So you get moved to the elites. How has this experience been for you? Uh, it's the best decision I ever made, to be honest. And uh, I had heard people say how much better, like the fans and how much bigger of a falling you get and sponsors. And I didn't really believe it, but they weren't lying. Um, it's been great. Uh, I'm walking across the stage with thousands of people watching. The the bass live is is pretty amazing. And fishing on the elites, I've almost had like a, so much support from Canada and people cheering you on it's it's pretty incredible well if you're going to win one i'm sure st lawrence was a great one i'm sure there was a pretty good crowd there even despite the of the pandemic last year that's always th- there in the sabine are seen no, seem to be the to two be biggest honest, crowds so that you're right but when i won it there was no crowd <laughs> and it was in new york and you weren't allowed to have a crowd. Oh, that's right and uh the year before when i was leading i think for three days and then lost on the final day um that was when there's probably five or six thousand people in the crowd and there was a couple hundred canadians came across the border to cheer me on and it was pretty amazing to have that sort of crowd at the weigh-in i bet it was i bet it was and then of course the classic last year in gunnersville before everything kind of shut down that had to be kind of kind of cool as well oh 100 percent yeah i wish i caught some more bass but it was uh, it was a cool experience and I was happy to be there. Now I got that out of the way, and now I want to win one. There you I go. Made it there. Now I got to keep plugging away at it. We'll, we'll see how that goes this week. That's right. That's right. So it's going to be hot in Texas, Chris. I'm just, I hate to tell you this, but Texas in June is going to be a little bit warmer than June in Peterborough, Ontario, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, it's just 90 degrees on Gunnersville. I made it through that. So I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll find a way to survive in Texas. Well, everything's bigger in Texas, including the heat, I'm afraid. So I know you're a big Under Armour sponsor. Uh, wear a lot of their clothing. Let's talk a little bit about some of the apparel from them that you like, if you don't mind me asking, and then some of the stuff that, that helps you perform at the level you perform when you're on the water. Yeah. Um, the heat gear is uh, is second to none. And some of the uh, the UV hooded shirts, mm-hmm. um, I, I like to wear them. Keep the hood the, the, as much sun off your neck and off your face as you can, and they keep you cool. It wicks the uh, the moisture away from your skin, and actually makes it feel cool. And uh, the other thing I really like is the Shoreman rain suit. Okay. So if you do get a little bit of bad weather and it's still 80 degrees, it's a very light material. Um, it's Gore-Tex but it's the lightest rain jacket I've ever worn. So you're not hot when you wear it, but it 
it also keeps you dry 100%. And uh, the other big player for me, I guess, in Texas is going to be uh, the most comfortable sandals I've ever worn is the fat, the fat tire uh, flip-flops. <laughs> they're probably one of my favorite things. So they are comfy, and uh, they're going to get their uh, their use all tournaments. You know, I just I just recently got a pair of those, and I looked at them kind of funny. I'm like, wow, with these, you know, is this is this really what uh, what I'm going to try and wear? And then I put them on. I'm like, I don't want to get out of them now. They're they're very comfortable. Oh, and after you wear them for like a day, they like mold your foot. It's they're they're, they're my favorite sandals for sure. <laughs> that uh, that is awesome. So, well, bud, be safe driving home. Uh, then be safe driving back down to Texas. Obviously, that's got to be another what sixteen, eighteen hours for you back down to Texas. Texas is twenty three. Twenty three. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Man. Yeah, and I'm just about to cross the border right now, back into Canada. So. Um, on that note, I will, uh, I will probably part ways unless you want to hear me talking to the custom agent here. No, I'll let you go, but I'll let you go so you can cross the border. Thanks so much for your time today. Uh, good luck at, uh, in Texas. So we'll see you down there. All right. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Chris. Well, folks, there he is. Chris Johnston, your countdown to classic Brought to you by Under Armour Guests this week. Um, you heard it right there. You know, Canadian coming south. Going to uh, getting ready. Going to go head home, catch some bluegills with his boys. And then uh, head back down next week for the Bassmasters Classic. Getting ready to start that. I believe practice for that starts on, was it like the 4th or the 5th of June? It must be the 5th, that Saturday and then, of course, Saturday, Sunday, then they'll have uh, a couple of days that they're off. The ninth will be the official day for classic practice. Thursday will be a media day. And then, of course, Friday the 11th, uh, day one kickoff of the Bassmasters Classic on Lake Ray Roberts there in Fort Worth, Texas. So uh, big thanks to Chris for joining us there. And like you said, make sure you check out Under Armour Fish at uafish.com. Make sure you've got all the apparel that you need to keep you safe and cool and help you fish longer this summer. Um, you can find, of course, uafish.com or at Sportsman's Warehouse at sportsmans.com. So take a quick little break. and we come back, we'll wrap this show up right here on the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Whether day or night, I love to tie one on. Every day of the week, I like to tie one on. I don't care who's looking, I always tie one on. Every time I go on the water, I love to tie one on. You may not know this about me, but every once in a while, I've been known to tie one on. Come on, man. Join the Stray King team. All you got to do, tie one on. <laughs> I think I always tie one on. From dawn to midday to dusk, the sun's rays dance across the water and the sparkling light beckons. The abundant shorelines invite you to play or sail or simply behold. This is where champions fish and families gather to unwind. It's Lake Hartwell and Anderson is the gateway to its wonders. Walk on a pier, float all day, and restore your soul in this beautiful oasis. Visit Anderson, South Carolina's bright spot. Discover more at visitanderson.com and visit lakehartwell.com. 
Jason, what would you say your biggest fear is when you're out fishing? Hmm, Chris, um, let me see. Probably stranded out in the middle of the lake. That's right. You know, that's everybody's biggest fear, Jason, not being able to get back to the ramp, especially in time for weigh-in during tournaments. But one thing that's really made the biggest difference for me, and that's switching to lithium batteries, and not just any lithium batteries, but rely on lithium batteries. Oh, Chris, how do you like those? Jason, they're great. Let me tell you, they allow me to spend more time on the water and are essential when it comes to starting and running my boat. They give me short charge times and more usable capacity, so I don't have any late-day voltage sags. Plus, they're stupid lightweight compared to lead acid, and they're practically maintenance-free. Really allows me to focus on my fishing instead of worrying about getting back to the ramp. Okay, okay, you talked me into it. Where can I get some Relyon batteries? Jason, you can visit relyonbattery.com slash anglerschannel and use our special promo code anglerschannel for 10% off your purchase. Did I mention they also offer fast and free shipping? You didn't, but even better. So hey, what are you waiting for? Get hooked on Rely on Lithium today. Welcome back, folks. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Time for the Sports and the Warehouse Bass Wrap-Up portion of the show. And I failed to mention earlier, if you've got any uh, comments on the show or questions or thoughts, always shoot us a text via the X-Zone hotline, 256-535-3217. No matter if you're a tournament fisherman, a weekend warrior, or the occasional angler, find out why Elite Series anglers Brandon Polinick trust X-Zone lures to catch them every day. David, let's talk a little you pick them. What do you say? Let's do it. So first up, again, if you don't pay attention to the guest of the show, uh, Mr. Caleb Kupal. That's how you say his last name, not Kupal or Kupal. Not Kupal or- I think I called it Kupal <laughs> one time on a rookie pod uh, or earlier show, but no, it's Kufal. So, Yeah, that PH like an F. So, but. <laughs> and that's been your your, your your spelling or your pronunciation lesson <laughs> brought to you by David John. You know, I mean, you know. What it's, a dumb it's, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but he took the, again, wire to wire win, uh, with 85 pounds and 14 ounces, um, I don't know. His, I guess even his what, his gap between first and second was more than. I guess that that difference was more than the average weight that anyone else would have caught over the four days or three days that they would have fished. So yeah. right, yeah. Oh, that was uh, that was a big win. I I had it pegged <clears throat> at 75 pounds. Was was my, was my guess, and um, I grabbed the point for us. In the you pickums, but for the rest of the crowd, Keith Scott and Randy Tomlin both guessed eighty-five pounds eight ounces for their pick. Ooh. So yeah, we got got a two-way tie on that one. So congratulations to those guys, Keith Scott, Randy Tomlin, eighty-five eight for that. So. All right. Before we move on to the okay. next, so it's just a quick question for you guys because this is your, you know, your your guys's area, your local lake there. But let's just take Caleb's weight away, and so Wes Logan, the guy who said, "Well, I'm not sure if I'm going to do well on Gunnersville yeah. with my freaking there, sandbagger." That's what he is. <laughs> Jeez. But well, you know, I, I think he said that because he was expecting it to be more of an offshore bite. The offshore di- shore deal wasn't working. It yeah. kind of mm, kind of lended to his favor. Yep, it did. You're right. 
but let's just say, you know, whether it's West one or, you know, most of the guys in the top 10, you know, all the guys in the top 10 caught, but, you know, mid to uh, upper 60. So if it would have taken 60 plus pounds to, uh, to win on Gunnersville, is that below what you guys would be expecting? Or is that about on par? Cause I thought then again, like Chris, I thought it was going to be take 70 to almost 80 pounds, not above 80, but yeah, well, I thought that that would have been. Kenneth, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think right now we're in that weird transition phase, right? Fish are coming out. They're working their way out deep. Um, we're still a little early, like you saw, for the ledge deal to really take place. Um, you you know, it, it hadn't been just blistering hot yet to, to push them back out there. Um, I said 75 on my pick just because that's kind of what I felt like over two days. I, I knew the, the leader would have a couple 20 pound days. Um, and you know, I certainly wasn't expecting 27, um, out of him, but, uh, cause he had a six pound lead after day one, but uh, you know, it, it's, it's gunners full, right. And it's stupid and it's, they can, I mean, they live there. And, um, and so, you know, you never know with these guys what they're going to do, but I think they're still kind of in that, in that weird transition. It's going to be a little bit before they get out deep and those weights go up a little bit, but you know, 85, 14 for this time of year, uh, you know, it certainly shows the lake's healthy to me, but Kenneth, what are your thoughts? I'll add a few things to that. First off, fresh post-spawn fish are going to be pretty light Yeah, on average. Um, the other thing is just like all of our lakes in the last year and a half, the pressure has been unbelievable. <laughs> like they've, they've gotten zero breaks. Right. Um, that that's had a, had a bit of an effect. And, and I think the lake is a little bit, a little bit down for Gunnersville. It's not, it's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad, but I think it's a little down from Gunnersville from some of the better years, which sure. is not uncommon. We see it, we're going to see it fluctuate and all these lakes will kind of fluctuate you know, a couple of years at a time kind of thing. But I think we are in a little bit of a down cycle as well. No, I agree. You're not going to see a hundred pound back come out of Gunnersville anytime soon. I mean, it's just, it's not there. So, and, and you know, in most of the lakes, most of the lakes are not like that. It takes kind of the perfect scenario for that, for that to happen just about anywhere. It does. It does. You know, I, you know, again, watching BPT, trying to think who it was it, it may have been michael neal um he caught one that was on the in the knockout round it was a five five and a half pound fish and its head it had the head of a seven pounder but the body just just fell off right it's like putting it's just, just it was a big head so it, it just fell off so yeah we are in that post spawn phase and you know they come a jump and you know they make a big splash you're like oh my god it's a giant and it's like dude it's a seven pound head and a five pound body so it's um it's you know it's just that time of year for it it really is right. so just that time of year so all right david moving on all right. Well, since we're talking about MLF, that's the next two events. And the first one of those two events is the Toyota series that was on like Chickamauga and winning that event over three days of fishing was Jordan Hartman with a winning weight of 51 pounds and 13 ounces. Taking the win for the U Pickums, uh, you know, and we don't, 
it, it's kind of funny. We've got hundreds of people that play this game every week, right? Um, except for Kenneth, but hundreds of people that play this game every week. And this is the first time that I've seen outside of somebody guessing the weight dead on. We've had, we've had a couple of times with a couple of guys, but Ryan McCarthy, Michael Davenport, and James Rice all guessed 5110 uh, this week. So all three of those would get added to the pot uh, because none of them have a point already. We'll throw them all into the pot and see what we got. But Ryan McCarthy, Michael Davenport, our Ryan McCarthy, our Angler's Channel Ryan McCarthy scored a point. Michael Davenport and James Rice, 51-10. And DX took the point uh, for us at 46-9. Nice job, bud. Coming for you, Michelle. Where, where, where's it at? Let's see. And may the odds there be ever in there your favor. There it is. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna get sued over that at some point. I, I feel certain. But uh, all right. Got a little confusion on this one from some folks. Nobody really okay. chimed in, but y'all gave me a funny look when you saw this one. With the uh, BPT one? Yeah, the BPT one. What like what, what was it? Because I know we were guessing the leaders weight of group group A, a after group A, and that's confusing because it was Friday and Sunday it was the only two days group A fished, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. all right, just just making sure everybody's on the same page as me. So, is it because you said round one of competitions that people only thought it was the first day? Is that what you're trying to refer to, or it, like it, it, it may have been, but we got a winner out of it, so okay. it don't matter. So okay. But. Well, so yeah, so I'm. You know, maybe you might have to correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe I, I misread what you wrote then. But no, you're fine. Uh, we were going for the winner of uh, the guy who won it from both days of that group, which was Brett Height with a whopping 100 pounds and seven ounces. Yep, 100 pounds, seven ounces for the win. Uh, Brian Pritchett was the high picker. At 88 pounds, 11 ounces. The only one that went over the 80, went over 85 was this guy. And uh, I, I'd be, I thought it was going to take, you know, 75 to 80. I didn't think it'd take, you know, 100 pounds. But um, it is it is B-Heights. They are biting a chatterbait or a jackhammer or a thunder cricket or thunder chicken or whatever he throws now. And then uh, Michelle grabbed the point for us at 75-10. Not by much, but she grabbed the point for us. So if you're, uh, if you're currently – if you're following along, Michelle's got nine. David's got five now because – because – Fantasy? Huh? Fantasy? Uh, you know, I didn't, even, I, I didn't even look at fantasy yet. Uh, <laughs> but you did win the Georgia Bass Trail pick. 1961 was the winner for that one from like a month ago. Jerry Collette guessed 1960. And then you picked 1833, David. So congratulations on that one. Uh, but yeah, Michelle won the point for that one for us. But Brian Pritchett, 8811 for the win uh, for, for that pick. So, all right. What else you got? All right. Next up is the Coosa River Team Trail. They were fishing out on Logan Martin and there's a few names on this list that I, I know you guys are familiar with seeing, but the winner of that event was the team of Josh Chappelle, Josh Chappelle and Damian Willis with 1491. Recognize them, Kenneth? Yep. <laughs> Mike 
Davenport, not Michael, Mike Davenport, guessed 1463 and uh, took home the win and the U Pickums. And David grabbed another point with a 1467. So nicely done, David. Nicely done. So, applause there. So, all right. How about the uh, the Northwest Arkansas team? That's a mouthful right there. Northwest Arkansas team show. So, yeah. So they were fishing out on Beaver Lake. So I'm not sure. If, it sounds like this is a pretty good way for Beaver Lake, but the team of Keith Brashers and Nikki Parson caught 50, 1590. 1590. That's right. And oh, so close, but yet so far away. Matthew Shepard had a 1548 for the U Pickham win. And I had the win amongst us girls at 1550. So there you go. So, Michelle, you're, uh, should be getting nervous right about now. I'm just being honest. So, all right. Last one out on Clear Lake. All right. So the Wild West Bass Trail California team event. Again, was fishing on Clear Lake. And you now these weights are all pretty close, but uh, squeaking it by what, seven hundredths of a pound, the team of Ryan Monaghan or Monahan and Timothy Rhyme caught 21.68 for the win. And uh, our buddy Bob Taylor uh, grabs the win in the U Pickums at 21.45. And who do you think it is, David? Who do you think won our, our pick? Not Michelle. Was not Michelle. It was you, eighteen thirty-five. Mm. Very nicely done, brother. It's close. So, if you're following along at home and going in, the leaders in the clubhouse going into the final week for the U Pickums, we still got Joe Opeger, Wesley Sams, and Tim Fuller. All three of those still leading with two points apiece. But, of course, Chris Pease, David John, Willie McCall, Teddy Hilton, Mr. John Patria, Travis Hinger, Randall Saylor, Nicholas Cavazos, Carlton Gonzalez, Ron, Ron Farmer, Brian Pritchett, Jerry Collette, Bob Taylor, Matthew Shepard, Mike Davenport, Brian Pritchett, Brian McCarthy, Michael Davenport, James Rice, Keith Scott, Randy Tomlin all have a point in second place. It's still anybody's ball game for the Paracostas, and the Mammoth Backpack Cooler. But in our group, it's Michelle with nine, David with seven. I've got four and KG, well, KG just here. We'll put it to you that way. So we'll uh, we'll leave it at that. So you got one week, got till midnight tonight, Wednesday, May 26th, to get your picks in. And speaking of picks, let's run through the Coast account down to blast off really quick for the U Pickums for the week. Your Big Bash Splash Summer Jackpot on Rayburn coming up. One-day event, pounds and hundreds. All these are pounds and hundreds this week. Made it easy on you, so it's really easy. It's a dot, not a dash, and it's a big number, dot, whatever you want it to be. So make sure you get that in. Big Bash Splash Summer Jackpot on Rayburn. One day on Thursday, you got your Angler's Choice Marine, not Angler's Choice Tournament Trail, but Angler's Choice Marine on Lake Wiley. That's a one-day deal. Um, say hello to Kenny. He'll be there filming. You've got your Five Alive Tournament Series on beautiful Neely Henry Lake. If you've not seen the drone footage from Brandon Polinick's video and his uh, on his Instagram, too, some really cool stuff around the golf course and other stuff on Neely Henry. So check that out. Your Five Alive on Neely Henry 
pounds and hundreds, one-day deal. Your Strike King Big Bass Challenge out in the California Delta, one-day derby as well, pounds and hundreds. Your Texas Bass Nation on Lake Belton, another one-day deal. And then, of course, I, I wrote down pots, but it's Pride of the South on Ross Barnett on Saturday, one-day deal. Kenneth, do you want to fish a tournament on Memorial Day weekend? Um, Probably not anywhere close to where we live. No, it's a no for me. I'm just going to be honest with you. So, guys, please be safe out there this weekend. And, Kenneth, what do you have to do? Wear your PFD. And do what with it? Hook your kill switch up while you're at it. <laughs> buckle, put your kill switch on and buckle that son of a gun up. That's what you got to do, David. I'll tell you, last week, I think I sent you guys a message. Oh, it's amazing did. how many folks don't wear it. It's, it's <laughs> unbelievable. It, you know, um, it's, it's, it's more rare to find a PFD sitting in a boat where you can visually see it as they go by than 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 seeing someone go by and not see one. No, you're right. You're right. It's um it's pretty crazy. And I, I I'm curious as to why tournament trails don't, you know, like and I know we relate a lot of things to ABT because that's what we film and work on so much, but the you know, you have to wear it in practice. If you're if you're seen without it on in practice, you know, you can be, you know, um uh protested. And, and penalized or DQ'd. So I'm really surprised that uh, that it's not a little more mandatory um, than, than what it is for most. I wear mine all the time, but that's just me. So mainly because I know where I'm going and the idiots that are out there, especially this time of year. And boat traffic has just increased so much more. Um, David, have you seen an increase in boat traffic in your neck of the woods? Slightly. Um, um, as the weather has been, I guess – warmer the last two weekends up here so i'm pretty sure it's going to pick up more because well even like early in the early this month you you I mean, it was what 40s and 50s on the weekends and people were still out you know what paddle boarding and stuff like that so i'm pretty sure it's going to get picked up everyone's ready to just go out and you know spend a hopefully non-covid related not closed in time outdoors so yeah sure okay yeah winter just winter just ended there <laughs> yeah, you're right. The, the ice is just starting to melt up there, right? So get that stuff out of here. So a couple more news and notes real quick. Uh, brought to you by Hummingbird uh, Electronics, Minkota Trolling Motors, Talon, and Raptors, Shallow Water Anchors. Find out more online. Just do the hashtag One Boat Network, and you'll learn all you need to know. Uh, a bunch of Memorial Day sales going on this weekend. It's your Sportsman's Warehouse, sportsmans.com. we got a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, uafish.com and of course uh, costadelmar.com a lot of a lot of Memorial Day sales going on I think my wife wants to find a new washer and dryer this weekend so yay me but um, get that Memorial Day sale going that's what I've heard also too Strike King Lure Company and Lou's have a new website it's strikeking.com and lose.com check those out you can now shop and buy Right there on the spot, buying direct from Strike King and Lose, which is very cool. Uh, so make sure you're doing that. And David, I had it pulled up, but I've lost it somewhere. But Bass has introduced the new, it's in our news section, the new high school combine. Yep. How about this deal? 
This seems to be it's pretty down, cool. Yeah, it's down the street from uh, Kenneth there on Lake Decatur. I mean, Decatur Lake. Uh, Lake Wheeler. But, uh, Lake Wheeler indicator. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I'm going to say Wheeler. I said down from the coast. Brain fart. <laughs> no, this is a very cool deal. It's a three-day event where anglers will perform multiple tasks to show their skill set, not only on the water, but also display their knowledge of the sport as a whole. And colleges will have an opportunity to select anglers for a quote-unquote second look where they can further explore everything that angler has to offer and see if they would be a fit for their fishing program. So currently, there's 16 colleges that have signed up to participate. Adrian, Bethel, Blue Mountain, Bryan College, Campbellsville University, Carson Newman, Dallas Baptist, Drury, Emmanuel Faulkner, Florida Gateway, Kentucky Christian, University of Kentucky, University of Montevallo, UNA, and Wabash Valley College. So, Kenneth, this is a pretty slick deal. You know, I, I think I have some eligibility remaining. If I can figure out how to work and go to college and be on the fishing team at the same time, maybe I should show up. You should. You should. I'd love to see. I'd love to see Rick Emmett at uh, Drury's look on his face when you showed up. You know, wanting to try out for that deal. That would be uh, that'd be pretty interesting. So, uh, very cool deal. If you're an aspiring high school angler, make sure you check that out. You can find out more anglerschannel.com. Click on the news section. It's right up there with everything else. So make sure you check that out. Very very cool deal. We talked about the new Go Outdoors from Bass last week. That's a neat website. Guys, make sure you check that out as well. Uh, a lot of cool information there. ABT, Alabama Bass Trail, the 100 registrations coming up June 1st. If you're a current ABT 100 angler, you, can, you have priority registration. If you want to fish the 100, June the 11th, 6 a.m., alabamabasstrail100.org you can uh, register for that so make sure you got those on your calendar now in our text stream that goes back and forth each week we tend to look at a number of different things and so uh and talk about different things and what's going on and one of those things has been anger of the year on the elite series going into these final two events of course the class is coming up but of course, that's a non-points deal. But, Kent, let me ask you this, or ask you both, rather. I uh, asked Chris Johnson this in, um, in, our, in our interview as well, but how do you think guys are going to react to a summertime classic now? Normally, the classic's the second event of the season, right? You fish one event, one elite event, then you get the classic. And <clears throat> now guys have got stuff dialed in, right? Rods, reels are dialed in, lines dialed in, you got electronics dialed in, the boat's dialed in. I mean, you've got some momentum going into this classic for a lot of guys. How do you feel like um, this classic is going to go compared to a March classic, personally? You know, I, I don't know about momentum. I mean, it, it's, it's. I mean, you, you you see it from week to week or tournament to tournament. Sometimes the momentum doesn't really carry in the next one because it's a completely different venue. But I, I, I think. I think maybe the, the routine of being in the habit of practicing for a couple of days and kind of the, the, you know, your timing of your day may help them. Sure. Because they've been doing it for a while now. Um, the days being longer during the summer will probably uh, have a positive effect on some of these guys, you know, early in the year and it gets, it gets dark early. It kind of, 
it really makes you feel like you're going through that day real fast. You know, there's a lot on these guys during the classic all during the day. It's not just practice, you know, get up, go practice and come back. They got a lot of other duties, yeah. you know, that, that revolve around that. So I, I would think maybe the, the longer day would have these guys feel a little bit better for that hectic schedule. I know it'd make a difference for me. Sure. Sure. Um, but it, you know, it's, and, and it, and it may have almost feel like kind of a break to some of these guys. It's not a points deal. It's, it, it's, it's a set aside tournament. It's, it's, you, you know, you're going to do what you need to do in that tournament, to try to win. I mean, that's what these guys go do for in the, in the classic. It's, it's not a points deal. It's not, you know, you don't want to just try to make the top ten. Your goal is to win the Bassmaster Classic. When when your boat hits the water Friday morning, day one of the Classic, you've got a ten thousand dollar check waiting for you come Sunday night, no matter what happens, right? Correct. You you got Correct. money coming into your pocket, so you're fishing free, and you're fishing to win. So probably not a lot of pressure there on a lot of guys. But looking at anger of the year, Fighter has got what looks like a 40-some-odd point lead, um, uh, 46, 48-point lead over Christy. Does it surprise you to see Christy sitting in second place right now? No. No, me neither. Patrick Walter sitting in third, just four points off of Christy. Um, not surprised by that, but God, Gunnersville. Roddy Moore said it best on live the other day. Patrick Walters, his record on Gunnersville during college was incredible, but during the elites, he can't get out of his own way. And I don't know what what seems to be the issue there, but missed the cut at Gunnersville, but still maintaining third place at 550 points. Some sometimes past experience, especially if it's really good experience, can kind of take you away from really focusing on what's going on at the moment no you're right you're right chris johnston brandon polonic tied for fourth and fifth at 541 points uh greg hackney in sixth um kyle welcher a new guy up there at 525 in seventh place west logan back another big jump and you're right i mean i i wanted to send him a text you know about and call him a sandbagger but you're right gunnersville just set up for him differently than what he expected it to and it kind of fell in his lap if he had had a better first day or so he may have given you know caleb a run for his money but heck you can't beat coming off of a win on neely and then going to a lake where where when you when you walked off the side of the trophy knowing you're going to going to gunnersville i mean he kind of had his head down like oh now i gotta go to gunnersville and he just wasn't excited about it but obviously he turned that around for a second place finish and that's that's a big momentum booster for him i would think well, I, I think Wes is a little little bit um, – I think maybe he was downplaying it to himself a little bit. He, he's he's a better angler than he was trying to, to lead us on that, that particular day, I think. Oh, sure. No, he is. He is. He's definitely, uh, definitely a great angler. So, um, let's see. Going on down the line here, looking 15th, Brock Mosley. Hank Cherry is obviously 17th. Scott Martin. 18th, he had a big comeback on day two uh, to make the cut there. Brian New in 19th, uh, Swindle in 20th, which is huge. He had a great event at Gunnersville, which could have been his nemesis there. But a great event there, uh, but it grows 22nd. KJ Queen, David, in 23rd. Um, a lot of new names. I like seeing this. Hunter Stryock in 27th, Austin Felix in 29th. Uh, Steve Kennedy hanging around in 31st, and then uh, Matt Robertson in 34th. Taku 
and 35th. But this is the guy I wanted to talk about I wanted to bring up because this is the guy. David knows where I'm going here. 37th place, John Cox, right? John Cox makes the cut, right? He's six points ahead of the cut line. Made the cut for day three at Gunnersville, right? So he's guaranteed some money. He's guaranteed, you know, top 48 points left. Did not fish day three. Ended up finishing 48. But then he runs down to Harris Chain, which is home for him, basically. Made the knockout round, and I believe he finished, what, 33rd or in the top 30? or I think, I think he was somewhere like 30, 33, somewhere in there when I looked at it yesterday. But 33rd, so it's got him right now in 37th in Elite Series points, 29th in Red Crest points, and then 129th in uh, MLF Pro Circuit points. So I'm sure he's pretty much riding off the MLF Pro Circuit right now, and just focusing on red crest or focusing on the BPTs and the elites. But now he's going to the classic. So let me ask you how this scenario works, right? MLF BPT on Chick is June fourth through the ninth. Classic practice starts on Saturday the fifth. It's the fifth and sixth, and then they're off until the ninth, which is the day that the BPT finishes. Does he stay and fish both days of the knockout round? Is he going to be in Group A? Will he be in Group B? Or do they even do they even say yet who's in what? But uh, what are what are your thoughts on what he might do coming up here, David? Oh well, he's with the ten thousand dollar check guy. So as long as he's making ten thousand uh, ten thousand at each particular event, it doesn't matter. So my assumption, and we've seen it that you know he doesn't care for practice not that he doesn't care for practice but you know what you know practice is not something that he's like really making a big fuss about so i'm assuming he as soon as if it works out where he's getting a check over on bpt he's hopping and uh making that drive down to from chick down to uh to fort worth and well he is in group he a gets- he is in group a so he will be fishing on friday the fourth so okay. he is in group a so does he does he have a rig in Texas and a rig at Chick? Does he fly to practice one day and then fly back for day two? I and mean, what I mean, I'm just I'm, I'm spitballing here. Uh, <laughs> I, I, well, it seems like he's been. Does just Boyd fly him? Does Boyd put him on his private jet and fly him from one to the other? No. Okay. Uh, no, I think it, if it, it goes the other way around, he might. Yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> You're exactly right. Sorry, I'm just I'm just making it up. He is in Group A though when it comes to Chickamauga, just an FYI. So, I think the first time he's been in Group A this year. I don't know that for sure. I'm just thinking out loud. But um, so yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out for him. I think we're just got to wait and see how it happens. Yeah, I mean, is it, we got to get him on the show one? But I mean, that's that's the fishingest dude that I've ever seen. I mean, good Lord. He is fishing everything there is and more and just just crazy, crazy. So I'm mean, excited for him. That's awesome. But um, I, I would love to see him obviously qualify for the Classic on Hartwell. Uh, but Chickamauga, I mean, he's got a lot of history on Chick, Kenneth. He's won a lot there. And, um, I mean, it's it could be a big-time win for him there, another $100,000. So 
uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what they're doing. I know you guys follow this or have seen it, but have you seen the other Ducket on Instagram? Have you seen that, Kenneth? I have not. You, you got to check it out because they, they put a great post up today. It's like how they lure you as kids <laughs> with free candy and how they lure you as adults with no entry fees, which is all changed <laughs> now. So you guys make sure you check out the other Ducket. Randy Flowers has kind of gone away. I don't know what happened to him. He may still be banned. But uh, he may be the other ducket. I don't know. But it's um, it's some pretty good stuff. I, I like uh, I like where they're going with that. So that's um, <clears throat> that's pretty cool, guys. Anything else on uh, on your list to discuss this week? Talk about? Yes, I got something. I think we need to talk about. Uh oh, did I what what I do? That that <laughs> was serious. It's not about you, Chris. I know. I'm just saying. Uh oh, it's about me. <laughs> Our good friend Carl Jockinson. Yes. Mm. Bring it. If, if you have not seen what he did after he got finished fishing on Gunnersville, you need to go find it. He spent time cleaning up around the bridges in Gunnersville. And, and hey, I've seen what those bridges look like. He had a oh, lot of a work shithole. They're a shithole. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that I mean, we've been fans of Carl for, for quite a while. And he just, he continues. Everything he does is the right move. Mm-hmm. If you're out there and you want to find somebody to look up to or try to figure out who's doing things right, just look at Carl. Because everything he does is the right thing. It really is. But how about two? And and I, not to go from that, but that's something that you would do or you would see guys do. And, and, and I'm not downplaying it, but this is something you would see guys do if they finished 85th, right, on their home lake and they're trying to get a little publicity out of it. No. Dude was 86th at noon on day one, right? Had like four fish in the boat for like four pounds. Somehow, somehow managed a top 13. Finished 13th in this event, right? And he has fished for, what, six days in a row and says, you know what? I think I'm just going to go pick up trash. Nobody made him do it. Nobody asked him to do it. It wasn't a publicity stunt. He and Kayla just grabbed trash bags and went went and picked up trash. I mean, how damn cool was that? So that you're that, that's a great point, Kenneth. Thank you for it bringing that. It just reinforces the kind of person that he really is. Oh, it really does. It really does. And I know he's still trying to go through the whole visa program and become a citizen and get, you know, get get, you know, legal to continue to work over here. So Hopefully, I doubt it, but hopefully somebody that's in charge of something or knows somebody that's listening to this damn podcast can say, you know what? He's a good dude. We need him here forever. So that's I hope, hopefully that happens. So, David, how about you? I was going to say, with that garbage, is that what contributes to why the bridges are so good, you know, during the, uh, you know, for Ungunners? So? Additional cover. Additional cover. Yeah. No. No. That's just that's just all them assholes. They're leaving the trash down there while they're fishing. Is all that is. That, Lack yeah. of respect for the resources. That's exactly right. They have. Yeah. They have no. And you heard him. You know, he even said wherever he goes, you know, he's picking up trash off the water, putting it in his live well. And um, I mean, it's those little deals that that really make a big difference, uh, you know, not only to a resource, but to people. So, Carl, uh, we salute you, bud. We're uh, we, we appreciate you very much taking care of our resources for sure. So, David, how about you? You got anything? 
Yeah, I forgot to bring this up last week. Uh, I, I mentioned it to you the uh, after the show, after we recorded last week. But um, so remember a few months ago, there was some controversy. And, you know, again, it's near and dear to you, uh, CB, because uh, it's, you know, it involves the Universal Auburn University and uh, yes. the college team mm-hmm. being DQ'd. And, and so I, I forgot to bring this up last week. But how about that? You know, you get, you know, I mean. I'm pretty sure fishing is probably way on the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to athletics or programs or whatever you want to call it in at Auburn. But you know, you just you suspend this team for what a few weeks or whatever. It was going to be almost almost a year, I believe almost it was, year. and then yeah, you, you shorten it. But these guys come out on Smith Lake at the uh, Car Bassmaster event there, and they take the W. Absolutely, and you know, you you got to look at too fishing at Auburn the only thing they do is allow the team to use their name. It's just a club. It's not even not even a club, really. They just allow them to use the university's name and, uh, and do that. They don't pay for anything. They raise all their own money for the boat wraps, for the, you know, for the entry fees, for the jerseys, all that stuff. And, I mean, that's why everybody raised such a fit about it because, you know, it's a lot of parents kick in and sponsors kick in and everybody else. So, yeah, to those guys to kind of just come out, I mean, they came out strong at Cumberland um, and had, you know, had some top finishes there as well. But then to go to Smith Lake and, and to pull off the win there, I believe while I believe we were at Cumberland, one of their teams went to – Smith Lake or somewhere over in the Carolinas and and won one, uh, an MLF or FLW deal, won one or finished high there as well. So, yeah, I mean, you talk about pissing off a bunch of kids are just going to come out and, and, and do their best to, to win, and they're doing it. So uh, more power to those guys. I mean, they were – you know, and and, and they, they they contribute in other ways too. I know Logan Parks was a was a camera boat driver for the Elite Series when they were on Pickwick uh, back in in April. So they're they're steadily doing what they can to help the club. You see them around. You see the boats being pulled around all over the state. I've passed them multiple times, and they do a great job representing the university and the state. So uh, congratulations to those guys. Hey, that's a good point. So very good point. I got a I got a serious problem with any of the college teams that are representing the college, and the college is not doing anything to help them. You, you so and me it's both. A, it's it's a one sided deal. It shouldn't be that way. And in my opinion, those clubs shouldn't even be using the college name. I'm sure that's against the rules and the way it's set up. You have to do it, but that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree 100. percent I you know Hank Weldon, who is the high school and college uh, director for Bass. You know, he was part of the group that started the club in Alabama. And as much of an Auburn fan as I am, when I was a striking, I was actually a sponsor of the Alabama team uh, because of Hank and some others. And uh, and they did a great job with it. And you see it's, it's flourishing and growing and, and doing a great deal. And you, it's so, it's so cool to me because I, I get to, I do get to photograph a lot of the, a lot of the college events for bass. It's so cool to see these kids show up because I mean, you've got kids like, like Jack Dice, who's got a 20 year old Ranger with a, with a, with a brand new motor, right. And hardly in electronics. And he's out there, you know, you know, winning and doing, and you've got kids that got brand new boats, but you got kids that have got nothing right there in an 87 Ranger with a 124 and, they're out there trying to, to compete, and they do. So it's very cool to see these guys working their tails off and doing well. And same thing with the with, with the Bass Nation. I, I get to do a lot of those events as well, and those are those are very cool. So 
a lot of fun, uh, big deal, and it's growing. And I love this combine deal that they're putting together for the high school kids. So had they had that when I was growing up, I might be in a completely different place. Probably not in bass fishing. So, but uh, but that's it. So, well, guys, as always, thanks for checking out this week's Anglers Channel Insider Podcast. Uh, we appreciate you for listening. We do encourage you to subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast out. We also ask if you like the show, go ahead and share it with your peeps. Feel free to chime in and give us your thoughts and opinions via the X Zone Hotline two five six five three five three two. One seven. On behalf of our guest tonight, your champ, Mr. Caleb Kufal, your late series winner on Gunnersville for Ranger Under Armour Pro, Mr. Chris Johnston. For the Angler's Channel Circus, I'm Chris Brown. Guys, have a great week and weekend as always. God bless good fishing. Wash your damn hands. Put that PFD on and buckle it up. We'll see you next week. Don't take it first. Thanks for listening to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast your number one tournament resource.